Chris, do you like do you like Moulin Rouge? Eh, that's a good question. What's that guy's name? Bars Lerman? Ewan McGregor. No, the guy directed it. Oh, I don't know. I think it's a Bars Lerman. He also did uh, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. And he just did this Elvis movie. Oh, he, did he? He did Rocket Man, I'm pretty sure. Did he? I'm pretty sure. Look that up. Fact, fact check the, the Elton John one I don't know. Rocket Man. Elton Beer, Elton John, fact checker. Who who directed Rocket Man? Elton, if I beat you to the punch, you're fired. Nope, director Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> but anyways, I know for a fact he did uh, Romeo and Juliet. What the hell? What did I pull up? I'm looking at the 2019 musical drama. I was not talking about the 1911 film. Anyways, <laughs> he definitely did Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I don't know. Do I like Moulin Rouge? I guess I would say yes, but um, not as much as some people do, I guess. Because I was driving I was driving here, Yeah. and I was like, I should need to cry right now. Yeah. You know? You yeah. ever do that? Where it's almost like, I'm going to be gone for a while. I should go to the bathroom first. Yeah. I was just I was just on my way here, and I was like... I'm just gonna. I was, I just, I'm, I'm gonna put on your song by Elton John. I'm just do a yeah. quick cry. And I looked up while driving on yeah. the freeway. You and McGregor kills him. <laughs> and, and the Moulin Rouge came up, and I was like, by the way, lots of covers of that song. Yeah. Like an insane amount. Yes. And I saw the Moulin Rouge one. I was listening to it. I was like, I know this. I've heard this. Yeah. I think Chris really likes Moulin Rouge, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or he used to. Yeah. If I bring it up on the show, it'll be embarrassing for him. So. Well, it worked. Um, yeah, there are. There are I mean, you, is Moulin Rouge fresh in your mind? That song is. I've never seen it. Okay. Well, long story short, the thing I do like about it is I think it's a very well-written movie. The part where I say I do and I don't is that it, it really, like, I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody because you have to be open to the Bar Lersman part of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the Rocket Man, Elvis, Romeo and Juliet. It's like it's like a very um, theater kitty style that okay. I feel like he has. Um, but the basic plot is that Ewan McGregor um, is a young writer who's fallen in love with like the whole bohemian, you know, life, beauty, that kind of thing, hedonism type deal. Um, and he moves to Paris in like 19 or 1899 or something like that, right? Right at the turn of the century, quote unquote. And the Moulin Rouge is like a club with dancers. And there's a man who owns it, who finances it. And there's some sort of duke from somewhere coming into town who's going to finance them putting on some kind of, like, uh, production, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to also be meeting with, like, a writer, I think. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what... It, it's something like... Basically what happens is Ewan McGregor ends up being the one that the boss has his main girl schmooze thinking it's the duke, finds out it's not the duke but they kind of fall in love and they end up mm. convincing the Duke. She's supposed to be getting into a relationship with the Duke, mm -hmm. um, like a fake one to kind of like schmooze money out of him yep. for her boss. Um, but they end up like convincing him to give them money for this play that this writer has written and then spend the whole movie kind of trying to like use the time that they're working on this play to like have the secret affair. Okay. Right. Um, and the thing that I really like about it is that like the story that he's writing and that they're practicing throughout the whole thing is set in India about a, your, uh, a, a young sitar player who falls in love with a young courtesan who's supposed to be 
you know, in a relationship with the Maharaja. Ah. And, like, kind of by the end of it, like, the Duke, he's uh, kind of a little, like, dweeby character with a mustache. At the end, he's like, you don't think I can see through this? The young Maharaja? You know, that kind of a thing. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, without giving too much away, but I think I'm kind of going to spoil it, so turn it off here if you want to turn it off. Not you, but... Oh. Um, yeah, long story short, while that's kind of all going on, there's a point where he's... Like, they've had a conversation, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to dump the Duke because we have true love. Um, but she gets strong-armed by her boss to keep fucking him. And um, there's a point earlier in the movie where the Duke talks them into changing the ending because the ending doesn't make sense that she would choose true love over the Maharaja's money. So that's okay. how they write it. And he's got this one line that he writes about, like, and then he throws the money at the courtesan and says, thank you for curing me of my ridiculous obsession with love or whatever, right? So then in the third act, after he, you know, feels like he's been wronged by this woman that she's been cheating on him, he's playing the sitar character on stage for the opening night, and she is playing the courtesan. And he actually says that line, but Ewan McGregor's a fucking acting powerhouse, so he's, like, legitimately crying and stuff as he, like, says it to her, like, in all seriousness, like, you're a fucking whore, like, you've broken my heart kind of a thing, like, right in front of everybody. And the other thing that's going on is she hasn't told anybody, but she also has tuberculosis, and she ends up dying like, oh, no. that night, like right there on stage, basically. And uh, the movie's kind of booked en- bookended by like him as a writer writing the story of Moulin Rouge. And so it starts in like like 1900, a year later, and Paris is not lush and beautiful and full of lights. Instead, it's very dark and decrepit, and he's got a beard, and he's drunk, and he's alone, and a you know, writing this at a typewriter, and so then it cuts back to that at the end or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. And that's that's kind of what Moulin Rouge does. I think it's pretty decent, but like I said, it also does have... It's a it's like a... It's, it's a stylized movie for sure. And yeah. You gotta be down with that. Or at least be able to, you know, um, you know, stomach it to, to get to what's 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 really good about it. So yeah, you know, I, like, I, I like Moulin Rouge. I know a lot of people who don't like that movie. Yeah. You know what I call them? Say so you're a real Mulan Scrooge. <laughs> anyway, let's talk yeah. about these dumb movies. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. What we, which I can't, I can never remember the numbers of these movies. Five, we're on Friday the Thirteenth, Part Five: A New Beginning. That was the first one we watched. And then we also watched Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. And we're going to talk about them in chronological order. Uh-oh. Mail time. I got I keep. I say it every week. I go, I got to make a little jingle for yeah. mail. And I don't. It immediately leaves my brain as soon as I say it. Friday the 13th, part five. This one is the Roy one. I really genuinely love this one. 7.5 out of 10. Chris, what's your history with? You okay. go first. Okay, I'll go first. The other day, you were on the phone with your dearly beloved brother, Donald. Yeah. Shout out, Donald. How you doing? And he said, I just know at some point, when you guys are going to give this movie a B. Or one of these movies a B. Yeah. And I know it's coming. I thought, Donald, what do you know about anything? 
I think we watched this movie and I was like, fuck, I'm going to give this movie, spoilers, <laughs> I'm going to give this movie a B plus. I love this movie. I've never seen it before. Never yeah. heard about it. I think I knew about the Roy thing. Yeah. But besides that, nothing. So, first of all, this movie is directed by Danny Steinman. Ah, yes. I think he directed uh, Rocket Man? <laughs> From 1911. Okay. Um... Came out in 1985. This one Just cost like the them. Club. Yeah, this one cost them 2.2 million dollars, and it made them 22 million dollars. Steal. They really yeah. got their money's worth. Pretty much all of these. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have any history with this movie? Yeah, this is one I saw uh, a lot, and I loved growing up. Uh, shout out my friend. Um, Real, Michael Weil. A real pal of yours, yeah. You remember till the day you die. <laughs> um, well, we were friends in the seventh grade. I recently saw him in New York. He's been living in New York since he graduated yeah, from high school. you forgot his name? You just saw him in New York City. <laughs> you forgot his name? Well, I, I only lived in Virginia for maybe two years, but, uh, you know, we were really close. Yeah, but that, what I was getting at is you saw him the other day. <laughs> um... Yeah, we were really close. That's probably like the, the the one genuine friend I made in Virginia, and I can remember a very specific memory where um, my birthday is November second. My sister's is the fifth. So not only would our birthdays be combined, but also because they're within a week of Halloween, it'd always be like Halloween themed. And uh, Michael came to one of those and spent the night at my house, and we watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. Beginning. I, uh, sorry to interrupt you real quick. I you did it before the show because you're a professional, but I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at uh, the NECA action figure for Jason in this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy this. Yeah? Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay. They really got Roy's they likeness really got down. Roy down. They got Roy down. They got the big rubber head down. For listeners. Oh, yeah, Elton. oh sorry, go on. He's, uh, this NECA wafer is... Uh, Roy with his like prosthetic fake Jason head, yeah, but he his wears a normal fake, face. Yeah, Elton, he wears a fake uh, Jason head, so no one knows it's him. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, that's probably my only problem with this movie. Oh my god! You know what we got to do? We've been playing the game pretty uh, frequently the past like. We got to get his face mask knocked off to see if it's Roy. <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. I was getting at. Oh god. That was gonna be the cold open. I was gonna propose is that we talk about the game a little bit, but we'll save it. We'll save okay. it. Okay. We'll save it. You had that good Moulin Rouge bit. It was fun. Um, Fuck this Roy is fifty bucks. Yeah. Oh god. But anyways, I'm gonna uh, rank Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> right off the rip, one of the things I'm gonna say is uh, there's the fucking Danny Steinman quote, uh, which I had heard thrown around all the time, where he said, "quote unquote, I shot a fucking porno in those woods." I didn't know it continued. <laughs> the next line that I read uh, on Wikipedia just the other day is that it's "I shot a fucking porno in those woods." You wouldn't believe the nudity they cut out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying last week that these movies are like f French films to the point where I see so many boobies yeah. that I'm just kind of numb to it. And yeah. like at this point, when someone gets naked in this movie, it does not phase me at all. Yeah. This one redid it for me. I was like, oh my God, this <laughs> person's naked too. This is a new beginning for sure. Like there are so many scenes where nobody needs to be naked. Like someone's like, I'm going to brush my teeth. Yeah. Time to take all of my clothes off. <laughs> One of the things I, I want to mention before we even and, get into... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, also, I just want to bring up the scene with the girl in the woods. Usually in these movies, people have sex, you see a boob, you see a butt, and then a stab comes. In yeah. this one, they get naked, they have sex, and then there is a five-minute shot of this woman just laying naked in the woods. Yeah. 
I don't know. It, it's hey, personally, Chris. It's art. I think that's too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this one in my mind. So this string of Tommy Jarvis sequels predates the Halloween, like uh, uh, Jamie Lloyd, you yeah. know, niece thing. Um, and honestly, I really think four, five, six. You've seen them now. They're better than the four, five, six Michael ones. I, I was gonna say that's debatable, but I think it's like I think it's apples to oranges. Okay. Because I like them for different reasons. Okay. I, I will give it to you. You see where I'm coming from, though. I do like these a bit better. Yeah. I never thought I would say it. Yeah. Because I'm like, hey, remember that Halloween where at the end they catch Michael Myers in a giant net? <laughs> there's no way they can beat that. But there's <laughs> some stuff in this that is pretty close to that. <laughs> oh God. I shot him six times. I know that's episode two, but whatever. Um, yeah. One of the things, um, you know, I was, I was just talking to my dad about this. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because, like, I like Halloween 1 through 3 so much. I like those. 2 is yeah. spotty, sure. But, you know, it's basically an extension of the first one. Yeah. And it's fine. Um, that how, Sandman in it. how bad the sequels get kind of after is just one of those things where it's like, and we've talked about it. I've warmed up to them. I don't necessarily hate them. I'm just saying like starting so high and then just like the slow decline. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Whereas this one starts so shitty, stays pretty shitty. And then out of nowhere, there's three that are like really fucking cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, from here it might get spotty again. I don't know. Um, well, I do know. I know that Takes Manhattan, Goes to Hell, and Jason X are considered to be some of the worst movies ever made. This next one, where he fights Carrie, I'm not going to mm. preemptively get like yeah. behind that one and say, hey, it's great. But anyway. I keep getting so excited because I keep thinking Jason X right around the corner. And then you go, ah, Takes Manhattan, and he fights Carrie, and he goes to hell. I'm like, yeah. oh, we got so much longer to go. We do. Yeah. I, you know, again, during that conversation I was having with my dad. He's like, it's fucking September. And I'm like, there's like 12 of these mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> um, but anyways, this one, yes, you're right. A lot of nudity, which is why the next one we're going to talk about has no nudity. Yeah. Well, there's two reasons. But again, they did want to kind of clean it up a little bit because this one went so overboard. This one also goes overboard, in my opinion, with the swearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many F, F words. Yeah. It. And goddamn. Yeah. And yeah, there's even someone who says cunt at one point. I there's don't like, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or like eat your goddamn slop, you big fucking dildo. Oh like, my just god, shit like that, Chris! You know? I completely forgot about Elthel. If I'm yeah. being per- perfectly but we'll get honest, there. Oh. we'll get there. Um, so we cold open on Tommy Jarvis having a nightmare. We don't know it's a nightmare, but Corey Feldman's back. Uh, we know it's a nightmare. Everybody knows it's yeah. a nightmare immediately. <laughs> I mean, conventional. But yeah, see, see, see. Uh, Corey Feldman agreed to come back to this. Apparently, by this point, he was a big star. It was too good to be in the whole thing. But hey, good on him for showing up. Yeah, for a little bit. Good on um, him for making that bag, for showing up and oh, saying yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, also, I've heard, I don't know if it's true, that they shot it in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, they probably had to pay him even more to use his backyard. Corey yeah. Feldman was just... If anything, I, I've always said this. Yeah. If nothing else, Corey Feldman's a great businessman. Yeah. I like Corey Feldman. I do like Corey Feldman. It's very sad what's happened. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bummer to, to just look at nowadays. Yeah. But anyways, in this movie, um, I can tell there's one piece of evidence that tells me that it's probably Corey Feldman's backyard. The Jason Grave is not even underground. It's like a foot above ground. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah. There's just a pile of dirt on top of a grave. Then like a two by four that says J on it. Yeah. 
But anyways, he wakes up, kills a couple of guys, and then he goes to kill Tommy Jarvis. And then, whoa, geez, oh my god. Tommy Jarvis is a grown man in the back of, um, you know, a cage transport uh, van. And uh, one of the orderlies up in the front seat is looking at porn. <laughs> Just looking at a porn mag. Yeah, this was something that really it really set me uh, it spiraling. Yeah, I think it sets it. the tone, though. It sets the tone. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. If you saw a movie this year. Yeah where somebody was very casually reading pornography at work around yeah. their coworkers, yeah, that would be huge. Yeah. You'd be like, what the... F you know who else does that? Elton? Is that what you pointed at him? No. Fox Mulder. Does he? Yeah. He's always watching porn at work and stuff and looking at magazines and stuff. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, That's like one of his big character traits. He loves baseball. He loves sunflower seeds. And he doesn't fuck and sleeps on his couch and looks at a lot of porn cool cool guy yeah but yeah i feel like if you saw it in a movie today you'd be like this is morally reprehensible yeah. like this is just like i cannot the believe what the workplace but i You're feel a brave like man for saying okay, okay in an 80s movie when you see someone doing this is just yeah. to give you the idea that hey this guy's just a bit worse than everybody else yeah 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 and he's a character He's balding a little bit. He's got a mustache. He's balding a lot of it. He's balding a lot of it. When he drops off uh, Tommy at the halfway house, he's like, uh, hey, come on out, or whatever. He's like, or just fucking sit there. I don't give a shit, and walks off. <laughs> do they? At what point do they say that it's a halfway house that he's going to? When they go inside, they have a conversation where he talks about how like uh, the guy who runs the place is like, hey, I'm not going to tell you when to go to bed. This is like an honor system and stuff like that. And they just kind of like softly, I think, say it throughout the whole thing. I don't know if it's yeah, ever like... I did not pick up on it. Yeah. I might have been just too distracted by the, all the shit that guy had in his office. Yeah. Like a picture of John Lennon and also a big banner that says stop the family tradition. And then at the little bottom, you see like, you know, end child abuse. Right yeah. Um... <laughs> And so all these kids kept showing up to this place, and I was yeah. like, I had to look it up. I was like, where the hell are all of these kids at? Yeah. Like, I just, I was like this is very clearly is not a camp. Yeah. And uh, that's something interesting to think about. It really hasn't been a camp since like the second one, because the third one was a bunch of friends on vacation. Yeah. The fourth one was, uh, you know, uh, Corey Feldman and the teens just kind of renting a cabin, and they live in the cabin just to hang out for the weekend. And then this one is a halfway house. So yeah. it hasn't actually been a camp counselor situation until six. But we'll get to that in 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, halfway house. Yeah. We get introduced to our cast of characters yeah. who I don't remember. There's um, a guy who has a stutter. There's a guy with a stutter. There's a lady who's never paying attention because she's too busy listening to her headphones. Yes, there's the goth girl. Yes. Um, there is chocolate bar kid chocolate bar man yes son of roy i like to call him son of roy um there is tommy jarvis tommy jarvis there is angry x angry there's the nazi yeah yes there is girl. reggie reggie the reckless right Re how did i forget reckless oh yeah. my god reggie and his, uh, and his uncle george and his uncle george there. my favorite characters in this movie <laughs> uncle george i can't even say that because i love everybody in this movie <laughs> uncle george has big time uh vincent price vibes <laughs> absolutely yeah um, i would have definitely i mean rest in peace i'm only assuming because of how old he is he is he's dead oh he's dead. but if i would have been a little bit older and working in the movie business i would have definitely definitely snagged that guy to, to do to do vincent price readings let's remake every vincent price movie with this guy <laughs> with george um george reckless there's george and george reckless um there is girl that stutter kid likes yeah she seems the like 
least troubled. I don't yeah, know what don't her. Know. She doesn't like everybody else has like an over the top kind of trouble. Yeah, I don't gimmick, know what her deal is. But she doesn't seem to have one. There is. Oh yeah, there's the couple who are just always grab assing. Yes, there's grab ass couple. There is man who runs place and Pamela, who's and, her. Is her name Pamela? It's Pam. Yeah, Pam. Okay, yeah, I don't Reggie's, know. Reggie's Reggie's always yelling Pam, Pam. Yeah, and Pam's my girlfriend, who, Pam, who also runs a place. Yeah, and everyone's at this house. I don't think Tommy Jarvis was there that day of shooting because everyone's outside doing stuff and it just keeps cutting to a close-up shot of him through a bedroom window yeah they're all outside the cops show up with grab ass couple mm. and they're like hey listen you gotta keep these kids in line i like what you're doing here i like what, what everything is going but can you imagine if ethel found these kids and then ethel and her big dumb son roll up on a motorcycle and start just just Jabbering. Yeah, just. she's kind of like the lady who becomes the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? When she's she, like, if I catch this dog in my yard one more time, I swear I'll barbecue him and I'll eat him. I'll eat him yeah, for lunch. She's, that's a great way to put it. She's a yeah. modern day witch. By modern day, I mean 1980. <laughs> um, and she's just dirty and grimy, and so is her son. And, I know. I love that they're covered in dirt. <laughs> yeah, just always. And I was like, ah, I kind of don't like this lady. But by the end of this conversation, I'm like, I love this lady. Because yeah. the cops are like, listen, Ethel. And she's like, no, fuck you, yeah. officer. And then, uh, yeah, she's just like basically all up to spits in this cop's face yeah and she's then like she, you gotta close this loony bin yeah she's like i don't like you i don't like any of you i don't like these kids grab ass on my lawn <laughs> yeah you fuck if i see you again i'm going to blow your head off and yeah. then she gets on the back of her side and spike flips them all off and then drives away and i'm yeah. like ethel's my favorite yeah that happens every time a new character is introduced in this movie i'm like this person's my favorite oh yeah absolutely you like this tommy jarvis I do. I like yeah. him more than next time, Jarvis. Um, he's quiet. It, it kind of reminds me of like a precursor to like what they end up doing with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. He's very reserved. He's always watching. He's still haunted by it. He's obviously learned kung fu. He's concerned. Is it obvious though that he's learned kung fu? That's what I actually kind of like about it a little bit. I like that they don't do it over the top, like where he, he, just like he knows says. Kung fu. That's what I like, though. I like that. Yeah. I like that they don't ever go like he's. He never says anything like for the last fifteen years. It's all I can think about. I've I've taught myself how to fight. I hide guns. Like you know what I mean? And I it just masks, he just so. kind of he just is ripped in the beginning. You're like, what's going on, Tommy Jarvis? And then he can fight, and you're like, oh my god. That's a that's yeah. He's thing. he is disgustingly ripped. Yeah, he's shredded. like Kumail Nanjiani ripped yeah like, shredded like like oh like just yeah. like from what i've read it is not easy or pleasant to maintain that level of no. ripped at all for even like a day no like you have to to get to get that cut yeah you have to dehydrate, dehydrate yourself, yourself for a yeah. couple days before that movie shoots oh yeah and for friday the 13th part five luckily him, he's not gonna shirt off that it. one time luckily yeah. No, I think he does it again. Does he really? I think so, because I remember the second time being like, God damn, look at the shoulders on that guy, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyways, he hangs out with Reggie for a second, because I think Reggie gives him a spook with the spider. Yes. I actually like uh, Reggie's line here. He says something like, he's like, what, you scared of spiders? And he doesn't say anything. He's like, you scared of rubber spiders? You scared of rubber spiders on string? It's great. I love Man, Reggie. what is going on with you? That kind of a thing. Also, Reggie, so. coolest haircut anyone in this movie. Yeah. I love it. Um and then Tommy turns around and turns back around and he's got his rubber mask really? on because guess what? He still makes masks. Yeah, he does. The most, a little bit of continuity. most baffling part about any of these movies to me <laughs> is Tommy Jarvis makes Halloween masks in his free time. Yeah. Whenever anybody finds out, like the like specifically the, the, the conversation with the Risky goes, man, why are you so protective of these? Yeah. It's not like you made them. He's like, I did make them. He's like, oh, cool, man. Yeah. Everybody is so impressed by him making rubber masks. Yeah. It's how the, in the world would it you? is more unbelievable than a boy beast who lives in the lake today. 
Like, I don't, I cannot imagine anyone being like, yeah, and in my free time, I make these really detailed, really well done Halloween masks. Yeah. I cannot think of me or anybody in the world giving half of a shit about that. Hey, Elton, you want to weigh in? If you knew somebody somebody who made like really high quality Halloween masks in their free time, Mm -hmm. is that impressive to you? Uh, Unlike the words of Shania Twain, that does impress me much. I don't know. That's pretty cool. All right, you can sit back down. Okay. I d- <laughs> that was a bad By the, Except for Elton. I don't think anybody would give a shit about it. Okay. I don't know. I'm baffled at how you would even go about making it. I was just going to say that. That's what I was trying to interject with. I was like, I don't even know how you'd go about making it. You have to make a negative mold and then, like, cast. Yeah. Pour in rubber. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Artistic? I, I just think, I just so. It's. It, I didn't mean to trump card you with Elton. My bad. Well, you really did. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, he makes these stupid masks that we all agree <laughs> suck ass. Go on. You cut me out. Oh, I will. <laughs> Anyways, um, so then basically what happens is um, the orphan child who loves chocolate bars uh, goes to hang out with goth girl and girl who seemingly, um, I, I can't tell what She's her trouble is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're doing laundry and he gets chocolate over the laundry and they're like, son of Roy, get out of here. Also, should we bring up that son of Roy is a very offensive stereotype of a mentally handicapped person? Yeah, we can touch on that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch. Yeah. He's like Rosie O'Donnell in that one movie. What movie? Well, I can't remember what it's called. You know what I'm talking about, Elton? I think so. Um, hold on. I'll look it up. Well, you look like, it up. It, I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Earn your keep. Go on. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It's definitely. He, yeah, and he looks like Rosie O'Donnell, and it yeah. just sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, but he but offers anyway. a chocolate bar to the Nazi, and the Nazi axes him in the back. Yeah, that's just right. Gets murdered. Yeah. Which yeah. surprised you. <laughs> it really did, because yeah. it happens just. It feels like the first five minutes of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this man who's a Nazi, because he, he wears this like studded. He wears a tank top and a studded leather band around his arm yeah and he's got one of those leather belts with like the hoops all over it yeah so this guy for sure yeah nazi um he seems like he'd have a little dirty hairy speech in his back pocket about how he hates everybody especially yep and yep, he probably said yep. a couple of slurs absolutely and so he kills son of roy the orphan son <clears throat> of roy who brings up to everybody he's an orphan yes a couple times yeah and then <laughs> this part gets me the this part really gets me. I was thinking about it while watching it, and I was like, oh, they'll probably explain it later. They don't. Yeah. There is no explanation why Roy is this guy's dad. Yeah. But also thinks that he's an orphan. Yeah. Because Roy gets called. Well, uh, here's what I'd reckon. I'd reckon, inside of the context of this movie, because of the developmental problems he has, Yeah. I wonder if he just shipped him off to the home, but wanted to kind of like helicopter a little bit, you know what yeah, I'm Yeah, because he's got like a very current, there. and by current I mean a yeah. still from this so movie I wonder if picture like, of him in his Yeah, because like uh, something that happens sometimes, I know with like orphan kids is they'll sometimes send kids, like, they, like they'll send pictures to like the parents still, like that's the kind of level of contact they'll want to have, is like they'll still be in touch with like the agency. So maybe maybe like the halfway house is just like, hey son of Roy, we gotta get a picture for you real quick. And he's like, what for? And he's there like, oh no, you just think you look really good today. And they send and then they send big Roy pictures. 
What's it called? The Rosie O'Donnell movie is called Riding the Bus with My Sister. Yes, it's crazy offensive. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I'll show you. the bus with my sister. I'll show you some clips later. Okay. Um, All right. But anyways, you're right. Yeah, they really don't touch it with a 10-foot ball. Yeah, like, and my thing is, Roy is there because they call the paramedics, and Roy's one of the paramedics. Yes. And Roy is pretty chill the entire time, has no idea what's going on. He, he would know his son is there, yeah? Yeah. And Well, no, he does. Cr- I Having the context, like, the, the way the, the actor plays it, he's just, like, dumbfounded, staring, like, and, like, the other, uh, the other um, paramedic. paramedic is, like, Jeez, what a bunch of pussies and stuff like that. Like, look, you've never seen well, a dead body. Roy, get your hands on this and stuff like that. And, he, like, the whole time I was like, oh, yeah, they set it up. Because I was trying to think, like, well, he, oh, go ahead. That's what I'm getting at. He's dumbfounded when they yeah. remove the sheet. Mm. I'm saying on the way there, yeah. he would probably be like, fuck, this might be my son. Yeah. While standing out there seeing a person under a yeah. sheet and then everybody else beside his son standing there. Yeah. Well, no, I think what it is is at the end when they reveal that he has son of Roy is his son. I think they say that he kept to himself. He didn't really tell anybody about his life and nobody knew that Roy was his. The Roy, yeah. son of Roy was his, yeah. But that doesn't explain the way that Roy is acting before they pull the sheet off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Like, he's trying to keep it... Oh, do you... Okay. I'm saying he's keeping it under wraps still. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, yes. So, this axe happens, not Jason. True. From the rip. Fun fact. Jason kills Jason? zero people in this zero movie. Zero people in this movie. Um... From there, after the axing has happened, we go to... Is this when it hard cuts to Mustache Man doing coke and calling Lana out? Or do we have a little bit more at the... Oh, nope, 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 nope. Before, that is one of the next things that happens. But before, we get the two greasers. Oh! With the broken down car. And yeah, you you said this before we watched it. I don't think it's nearly as good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But this yeah. thing has huge heap and vibes of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, it feels like uh, if they hadn't canceled Twin Peaks after season two and they just kept letting them... It would be this movie. Like, yeah. flounder Which around. Which is wild, because this movie came out before it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we were talking about how obsessed... How weird it is that the 80s were obsessed with the 50s. Mm-hmm. And now in the 20s, we're obsessed with the 90s mm-hmm. and 80s. Mm-hmm. Crazy how time work, huh? Time do be kind of weird like that, huh? Anyway, so these two greasers are trying to fix a car. They are. They're yeah. yelling at each other. Fuck the one this. gets murdered or whatever. I don't know. That's fine. That's all well and good. I'm more interested in the guy who goes off to take a shit in the woods and then comes back and his friend's like murdered in the hood and he's sitting there and he's like singing this song as he's trying yeah. to car up where he's like, nope, it's not fucking working. You fucked up again. I'm going to fucking kick your ass so you don't get this fucking car running. Come on. Like, so, I don't know. It just kills me. This guy kills me. I love that guy. Kills his, me. his hat's funny. It is very funny. I love his little song and I also yeah. love that he goes, I'm going to go... Favorite line in this movie. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to go take a crap and his friend goes, crap my ass. <laughs> yeah. But he goes into the woods and yeah. then walks two miles into the oh, woods yeah. to find a place to crap. Oh, yeah. And As if he thinks he might stumble across the toilet. That's or just how long something cool to poop on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, from there, we meet the guy who dropped off Tommy Jarvis that was looking at a porno mag. He's now driving a bitchin' Camaro. It's not a Camaro. Uh, but he's got a bitchin' Camaro, and it's red, and he's wearing a leather jacket, and he's balding, and he's got a mustache, and he does coke. And him and Lana, this is another scene that kind of gives me a little Twin Peaks vibes. Because she's like, you know, what do you have? And he's like, I want takeout. And she's like, okay, what do you want? And he's like, I'll have Lana with nothing on her. And he's like, hmm. She's like, hmm, I got to check in the back and see if we've got it. Oh, yeah. 
okay, you can have one. Like, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. she goes inside, um, does her makeup and... Uh, Takes and off her shirt. She could pull her titty out. So yeah, she, she, her, titty, her titties come out. And she says something along the lines of, woohoo, look at my titty. She does say something like, Lana, you are hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then someone throws a cat at her, very obviously. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then we cut back out to uh, yeah, like Porno a, Mad Guy. I'm sorry, I can't. It, it's very clearly supposed to be a classic horror movie shot where a cat jumps in somewhere. Yeah. But you can very clearly see the cat is thrown against something and goes, oh, fuck. Why would you times, do that? And then runs away. How many times do you think they shot that? Because it gives me the vibes like they picked up the cat so much the cat didn't want to be picked up anymore. So like, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. We'll move past the cat. Um. Yeah, he's out there doing coke, waiting for Lana. Lana mm-hmm. don't come. He get murdered. Then Lana do come. She get murdered. And there's these great shots of Jason against like all this neon lighting and stuff in this yeah. parking lot. It's great. I love it. Oh yeah. And then there's that there's... one shot that you were like, oh, it's really Twin Peaksy, where it like starts and it's just uh the pavement with her with Lana's arm laying on it and it's drenched in the red neon, and then it, like slowly pans out to like her just dead in the. Yeah, in the in the parking lot. But I anyways. really I really like this movie. Is for the most part, there are some shots that are like, oh, that sucks. But yeah, a lot, there's a, a couple of like re- pretty impressive. Like, oh, this looks really good. Yeah, uh, way more in the next movie, and we'll get to that. But I, I was agree, pretty impressed by this one. I agree. I agree. Um, and then we go from them dying to your favorite scene in the entire goddamn movie. Yes. Yeah. Which is the mayor coming in, and the sheriff saying, "I think yes. Jason Voorhees is back." Is it the mayor? I think that's what he is. He's supposed okay. to be the mayor. We'll yeah. call him the mayor. Yeah. It is such a boilerplate classic scene from like a slasher or a horror movie. Yeah. Mayor comes in and goes, we got to find out what's going on with all these killings. And the sheriff goes, oh, I'll fucking tell you. It's Jason Voorhees. Yeah. And the guy who plays the mayor yeah. is so supremely over the top, but like just to a level where it's perfect. Yeah. And like... I almost want to look it up because I want to get right exactly what he says. But he's like, Jason's cremated. Yeah. All right. There's no way this is Jason Voorhees. Yeah. And uh, the sheriff's like, last time we saw something like this, it was Jason Voorhees. And I don't know. Did you see him get cremated? Did you see his body? Do you know he's dead? And uh, the mayor like gets chest to chest with him and goes, picks up an ashtray next to him and pours the ashes into his hand. And he goes, this this is your Jason. Yeah. And then he slams Ashford in his hand. He goes, figure it out. And then leaves or whatever he says. And it's <laughs> yeah. so good. I love it. Like I was yeah. blown away. I was yeah. like, that is, this is such an awful, boring scene. Yeah. But this guy just kills it. He's just yeah. chewing up all the scenery. It's just the thing with the ashtray is what got me the most. Yeah. But oh, it's so No, but he is good because he like talks with his hands and he's very loud. He doesn't yeah. just come in there stiff like normal white guy that's like, Sheriff, you better figure out what's going on in this town. You know, you're very right. This, yeah, this, I, this character, this actor gives this character so much. Like, I'm looking it up right now, not to be able to recite it, but I just want to see this right now. Uh, it's so good. I also just want to see uh, if we can, you know, you know, maybe credit the guy. Like, give him a little shout out. Yeah. You look up his name, I'll look up the scene. Mayor Cobb. His name is Rick Mancini. You give me a goddamn live suspect. Yeah, like, just everything... We're back, by the way. Everything from, like, just right at the beginning where he's like, this is a small town. And he just takes his hands out and brings them back in. Or when he's like, I know who it is. And then he's like, puts his hand behind his ear. He goes, what? Oh, God, I love him so much. He's like... "Ah, I can't even explain it. He's just so... Oh, oh, God, I love him. Then we talk... We we, we see the the, the grab-assers... 
grab an ass. And grab an ass, and, and you get five minutes of her looking up at the trees with her boobs out. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he goes to take a crap in the woods. I think he's going to wash his dick in the river. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, yeah, this is going to be one of the rare times where I bring up a Jason kill. Uh, the effect is whatever. But he stabs her in the eyes with an open shears, each eye getting a shear, and then he closes it. That's pretty... Ugh. Yeah. That's gross and for I, me. I thought about I thought that, that was gross. seeing it when uh, he, like, he like flips her body over it and she's got the cro- cut like across her eyes. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's... I ain't never seen that shit. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. Grabass, dead. Yes. Then... Um, Ethel, maybe? Reggie begs his grandfather for a visit to his brother, Demon. Ah, Yes. Yeah. Risky wants to go see his brother who lives in a van in a trailer park. He does. He does. And he dresses like Michael Jackson. Yes. But you're right. I think we do. I think it is cutting out one time that it shows them and they're going back and forth. He's eating the slop and she's like, I make the, it makes me the best goddamn slop. And he's like, that's right, mama. You make the best goddamn slop or whatever. And he keeps just like, yes, yesing her mm-hmm. to the point where she's like, oh, just shut the fuck up and eat your goddamn slop, you big dildo. Yeah. And it's, it's just a lot of over the top. You got anything about yeah, Ethel? I, I, you just want to revel in it. I just, just want to revel in it. I, <laughs> yeah. lo- I love, she's like, ah, oh, why don't you shut the fuck up? You don't know nothing. Why do you keep talking? He's like, yeah. I don't know, mama, because I don't know nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's fun. They're covered in dirt. What yeah. more can I say? Oh, you know what they give? They, they give me kind of like uh, Windham Earl vibes or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Especially when he's like dirty and just living in. But anyways. I always forget about whenever anyone brings up Windham Earl, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we do go hang out with uh, Demon. That guy is swagged out. The brother? Yeah. Yeah. He's in there just like... Bitch and haircut. Bitch and haircut. Wearing sick lots leather, of leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. Just with a lady in there. Rings. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's up, little brother? And he's like, hey, man, what's up? This is my girlfriend, Rebecca. And yeah. he's like, cool, old lady, you're banging my little brother who's nine? <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of hang out, which is strange. It just seems like a strange thing for all of them to do with yeah. Pam there. Yeah. Um, And then... Oh, they bring Tommy. They do. For some reason. Tommy beats the shit out of someone earlier. He did, yes, because they the, the grab-ass boy tried to scare yes. him with a mask. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? Let's bring you out into the world now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we need to get you away from here. They're hanging out with Risky's brother, and Tommy's waiting by the truck, and here out of nowhere comes Ethel's well, big dumb Well, first we son. should mention that for some reason there's like a solid 30... 45 second scene where he's just slowly being more and more entranced by this blue neon sign that he walks towards oh yeah yeah no yeah. just the the siren it's a long shot. Of the trailer park gets it him, really yeah. is a long shot it really is and he's just transfixed yeah i forgot about that because nothing happens so my brain yeah. was like don't remember that yeah um and then ethel's big dumb son comes by and he goes hey you're one of those crazies yeah and tommy just again beats the shit out of him yeah and then he goes Whoa, and he drives all the way home yeah to his mama and he starts doing donuts in his she, yard just going he hurt me mama and his mom's like shut up and eat this soup and he's yeah. like he hurt me and it's so loud and it yeah. goes on for it's so a very long. loud scene that goes on forever and then jason uh, jason jason kills him roy roy kills him <laughs> and then roy kills mom yeah also mom making the uh, stew at like nine o'clock that shit's gotta cook for like hours to get the vegetables Absolutely. soft and whatnot what's she doing she should have started that you know and she's in the earlier scene. Yeah, she's like, I what made she you was dinner. Just stirring it in that yeah, one. she's like, I made you dinner, and she's like throwing her hands in it in the sink. And it's yeah. like, you want him to eat raw? You want him to eat some? Uh, 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 she's making him. Um, oh fuck, what's it called? What's cold soup called? Oh, 
Gaspacho. Of course, remember when we watched the movie and I nailed that joke first time? First, <laughs> first go? I remember what Gaspacho was immediately. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I wish I knew what it was called, but the other day I was hanging out with uh, my friend and he, he ate at Balkan House. And he got something that not only me, but someone else, in all seriously, not doing a bit, we were like, did you say you ordered jalopy? <laughs> but he didn't order jalopy. I wish I knew what the thing was Gelato? called. No, it was like, it's some kind of like sandwich. But it's not called jalopy, but it's something like that. What's that? No, it's not. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, they get murdered. He does Roy chop off Junior's head like as he's riding by on the dirt bike. Is that what happens? Mm-hmm. And then he just yeah kind of chops Mama in the face. Um, yes. So then I think it says it, Pam and Reggie realize like Tommy's gone. They go to look for him, or whatever. Go back to the halfway house, or whatever. And Demon is like, "Oh, those damn enchiladas! They got me!" Or whatever. And he runs off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for the second time in this movie, someone takes a shit. And his girlfriend comes out there and just starts harmonizing. They go, with him. "Hey, baby, hey, baby." Yeah, they just start doo wopping while baby, he's taking a poop. Ooh, baby. And then yeah. Royson comes and kills him. Royson does, yes, uh, kill. He does do kill, yes. Uh, demon meets his end in the in the in the steel shit house. Yeah. Yep. And then we go back to the uh, the halfway house, and Pam and Reggie are kind of like, oh, because they're looking for Tommy. Cause Tommy. Ran yeah. Off. And then when they get there, the uh, the goth girl is like, yeah, well, also like other man who runs this place is gone, and you know we haven't seen grabassers in a long time. And Pam's like, all right, everybody go inside. Reggie, you go to bed. I'm gonna go try to find somebody. Stutterman, you're in charge. Yeah, and we get like a little bit of everybody hanging out. Everybody gets killed off, or whatever. But finish your sentence. Oh, but basically, like the one girl and Stutter, um, uh, are like watching a movie together, and uh, the goth girl goes upstairs to dance, and <laughs> Re- Re- Reggie, <laughs> she does. Reggie does fall asleep, and that's pretty much what they're doing at the house. George. I believe the boy who stutters is... I believe his name is Jake. Jake. And I believe the girl who seemingly is untroubled is Robin. And I think uh, the woman who loves music is Violet. Jake professes his love and horniness for Robin. He says, I would like to make love with you. Yeah. And she laughs at him. And at first I was like... Because he goes upstairs and he cries. Yeah. I feel real bad for him. And yeah. I'm like, God, what a bitch that other girl is. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, No. <laughs> no, that's fine. I get yeah. it. Like thinking yeah. about it, I was like, "Yeah, it's not. It's not her job to make him feel better about this." Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't laugh in someone's face, but also at the same time, yeah. Read the room, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he gets murdered. Uh, she takes her top off and gets in bed to sleep topless, and also gets murdered. In the other room, Violet's doing the robot, robot dance. Yeah, she's dancing. Gets murdered by Roy. Um, then we get to basically, uh, yeah, cause I was like, you see her at first and she's just like bobbing back and forth in a room. Yeah. I'm like, damn, she's dancing. And you're like, oh, she's going to be dancing later. And I was like, ah, oh, she's going to get naked and dance. And then I <laughs> was not expecting it. You cut back to her and she's just very well, very, very, doing yeah. a very good job at doing the robot. If yeah. I do say so myself. She's dancing like a robot. <laughs> Dances for a while. Um, but Pam ends up being the one who is like kind of the final girl ish. I mean, three people survive Roy's attack. Yeah. But um, she gets chased by Roy for a long time. It's raining a lot. You can see her boobs the whole time. More gratuitous boobies. Um, sh- they end up in a barn and a scene that reminds me of part three. Um, 
or yeah that's part three i think right yeah. where jason gets yep. ha- hanged um and yeah there's a shot where he comes to the i'm skipping ahead a little bit but they're yeah. hiding in the barn and he comes and he stands in the doorway of the barn and it's raining outside and he's a little backlit and stuff like that and i don't know what it is the shot is just almost really good yeah like it's just like ah, it's something about it there's it's like too far there's too much headroom yeah i don't know enough to 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 tell you why it's not great but mm-hmm. that's something about it it hurt me because i was like <laughs> oh this is almost so good yeah i think um i know it's roy at this point but i think a new beginning maybe episode the the fourth one but definitely new beginning in six um Jason's starting to have a lot more of that like um like classic movie monster vibe to it. Yeah, and I really like it. Yeah. So we jump ahead into the barn, but to backtrack for a second, there's a point where Pam is about to meet her demise at the hands of Roy, and Reggie bursts <laughs> through the barn in a big yellow like digger, digger excavator. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just some weird construction equipment that they should not have at yeah. this halfway house. And uh drills Roy right in the stomach. He's got a big old gash in his tummy for the rest of the movie. They fuck around in the barn for a long time. He's chasing all three of them. They get up to the top bits, and they knock him down into some spiked oh, yeah, piece now. of metal that I don't know what this spiked piece of metal would actually be used for. Yeah, that's a great point. But he falls onto it, and the reveal that it's Roy happens. And, uh, yeah, there's this weird thing where, like, I don't... The, the prosthetic part is always what sits weird with me. Yeah, he's got a big rubber head yeah. over his head. He prosthetics Except Jason's. his face. Because, like, it's one of those things where that works if it's Tommy Jarvis that's made the mask, because he makes yeah, masks. Yeah, that's a great point. You know what I mean? And it's I f- almost like there must have been a draft where it was supposed to be Tommy Jarvis, and they're like, nah, make it Roy. But then they never fixed the part where Roy also knows how to make masks, I guess? Yeah, like it... Or like, how about this? Even just have like you know maybe Tommy Jarvis is making the masks and he made one of what he remembers Jason looking like for some fucked up reason, and like Roy steals it or something. Yeah, but something. Because some, it's, <laughs> it's weird to me. My biggest, the biggest thing that gets me about the mask. Yeah. Is it's not a mask. It's yeah. a mask and a rubber head yeah. that excludes the face. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to go to this extent and you are making this big rubber head. Yeah. You'd make that one one piece. <laughs> and so we we get to the end here, and I'm just going to... We've already talked about it a bit. Uh, Pam and and uh, Tommy are in the, the, the hospital, and a cop comes up to Pam and explains the twist and says, like, yep, it was Roy. Uh, chocolate bar boy was son of Roy. And, uh, yeah, he's getting revenge because of the murder that happened, right? So here's the thing. Here it is, folks. Why dress up like Jason? Because everybody that saw you dressed as Jason is going to be murdered so that... You know what I mean? What I would guess is if he didn't get away with this, or not didn't get away with it, if he missed somebody or somebody got away from him, they would say it was Jason Voorhees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying foolproof plan? Foolproof plan. No problems that I see. Okay. If it wasn't for those damn kids. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that kind of wraps... Oh, no, it doesn't. We got the it whole does Tommy... Not, yeah. That whole Tommy Jarvis stuff where he sees Jason for a minute, but he faces his fear and Jason dissipates. But then he finds Jason's mask in a drawer because I guess he no, stole it. he finds Roy's mask. i uh, sorry, yeah, Roy's mask. Um, and that's another thing we should mention that's a dead giveaway that it's not Jason. It doesn't have the ask X mark. True. It's yeah. a new mask. It's blue. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that later will we we will get to that okay yes 
But anyways, and then it has some oh. kind of weird ending where he stabs her. No, that's that was a dream. Right. But then it comes back and it's not a dream. And he throws a chair out the window, or did that happen during the dream part? No, he wakes up. She comes in. He's out the window, and she goes, "Ugh!" And then the door closes behind her, and he's behind the door with a knife and yeah. a mask on. And then it ends, yeah, with him holding it up there, psycho style. Yeah. And then, roll credits, end picture. Yeah. Yeah. These movies really do have a bad habit of not knowing when to quit. Mm-hmm. Like at the end specifically. Or I'd say like how to quit. From the beginning, they had a great ending. Boy comes out of the water, pulls him down. Then she wakes up in the hospital. Why? Yeah. Why wake up in the hospital? You know what I mean? Um, same thing with this. Like, why tease the Tommy Jarvis is going to become Jason thing again with this weird, weird scene? Yeah, I don't. And, like, I feel like there isn't even. To be fair, I did go into it knowing it was Roy. Yeah. But I feel like at no point in this movie do they make you try to think that it was Tommy. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That was kind of their intent was to like have it be like, is it the axe guy from the beginning? But then they don't, again, they don't allude to it. Like, you know, if they were, if that was supposed to be one of the options, then like, why not something of the sheriff being like, that guy escaped? And yeah, same thing with Tommy Jarvis. You know, that's what they're trying to do with the whole like, where's Tommy? Where's Tommy thing? And then when they find the dead bodies, Reggie does, it's in Tommy's room. So there are little things, but you're right. They definitely don't. Yeah, like they definitely it, don't lean into it enough. Like they're like trying they, to do the murder mystery thing, but but they aren't because at yeah. the same time they're trying to convince you the entire time that, that it's Jason. Jason. Yeah, so they yeah. just don't really know what they want to do. Yeah. That being said, love this movie. Yes. I think it's great. Yeah, this is one thing I want to say is as a as a as a bit of praise is like it's entering into and from the beginning it has been this, but it's entering into the phase where like everybody's a caricature, but wow, do they do a good job of making it memorable. Like, it's not one of those things where, like, you know when you see, like, a modern movie that's, like, trying to soft spoof the slasher? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm the Chad, and I'm the stoner, right? Uh, but with this one, you don't necessarily have those classic archetypes. Yeah. They just choose archetypes, but they aren't, like, the cliched ones necessarily. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, they're they're genuinely... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're just memorable. They're genuinely memorable, you know? Like, Love I remember it. Demon and his enchiladas, you know? I remember the <laughs> porno mag mustache man who does coke. Yeah, you get you get yeah. grabmasters, <laughs> you get stereotypical 80s African-American people, you get yeah. uh, uh, greasers. It's just it's just a weird plethora of stereotypes. So yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. Um, and overall, go ahead and give it your rating. I, Chris, I'm going to give this one a B plus. You're going to give this one a P, B plus? I think this one... I'm going to have to put at, because I have to factor in, god damn, you know, I probably, I might do the same thing. Hell yeah, baby. I might do the same thing. So I guess I'm giving it a B plus. Great. Love it. I feel so wrong. Yeah, but it feels so right, Chris. (laughs) Crap my ass. Crap my ass indeed. Well, we watched another movie. <laughs> oh, are we going to do the, the the drip list later? Oh, shit. Yeah, I did that last time, too. Thanks for reminding me. All right, Friday the 13th, part five. Here are my little, uh, what do we call the, what do we, what do we want to call them? Like uh, questions from Crystal Lake or something? Not or, uh, or, uh That reminds me. Sure. The thumbnail we have up for the last video? Yeah. We got to get rid of that. Yeah, it's not very good. I saw it the other day. I was yeah. like, Oof. 
All right. Jason's Drip. I have to start off and say, not my favorite. Mm-hmm. The mask is a little big for the face, and also he's just wearing Michael Myers' one piece. It's a great point. So is it the worst thing I've ever seen? No. But at this point, it's kind of like almost... It, it reminds me of the Halloween sequels where it's just clearly like they went out and bought yeah. an overall and they bought a new mask and it just doesn't look yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? But he still looks good. I like the blue. You like the blue? Honest. Yeah. I like just that little change, yeah. Okay. Uh, vibes of this one, I think, have been addressed by the people. Like, the people are really... Like, whereas earlier in the movie series, I was arguing that, like, just the... Like, especially, like, that's, like, the first one. Like, there's so many shots to me that just, like, seem like Norman Rockwell paintings. Yeah. Um, it's more so, like, the actual setting that has all the character. Yeah. But by this one, the characters have the character. Yeah, and it's also like, so does the setting. I, like I said, like, the, especially that yeah. shit outside of the diner. Yeah. Great. Love it. Yeah. So I would have to say, if I'm, if I'm trying to describe the vibes of this one, I think we've hit the nail on the head that it is, like, almost, like, a forgotten pitch for, like, they half shot of an episode of like season three immediately following season two twin peaks like yeah. really still yeah. lost the plot just floundering but yeah it's kind of got like soft grimy um like uh like trauma ish uh yeah. twin peaks vibes like yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and i'm i'm here for it absolutely yeah yeah i think that's the big the strongest thing that this this movie has going for it is 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 just that stuff uh, the stuff that kind of doesn't even involve Jason. Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> the Jason stuff does kind of tank it. Um, overall ranking, where does this fall? You, for right now, you have four, two, three, one. I'll put this right under four. Really? Yeah. Okay. I do like four and Chris Glover just a little bit more, but yeah. ooh, I still love this one. I almost might be Chris, so bold as to put it up top. Yeah, Chris, after I said it out loud, I remembered Ashtray Guy. I'm putting this one at number one. <laughs> okay. So yours now goes five, four, two, three, one. And mine goes five, four, three, two, one. Great. Yeah. Uh, favorite character? This is a tough one. This is the toughest. So many good characters. Um, honorable mention to the mayor. Honorable mention, rare. Okay, yeah, fair. And even fair. more honorable mention. Silver medal goes to Risky. I'd say my favorite character might be George. Might be Risky. Really? Yeah. Ah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, uh, Little Reggie Reckless is probably my note. That's my guy. Great. I like. I love Little Reggie Reckless. Oh, yeah. I love But Reggie. I love his grandpa a little bit more. Yeah. Like I said, that dude, I really do like. He gives me uh, he Vincent Price. just like Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, he gives me Vincent Price vibes. I love him, and I'm here for him. Um, if I had to give out an honorable mention, it'd probably go to the mayor. But I also want to give it to Mustache Guy. I know we had talked about how the porno thing was egregious, but him and that mission Camaro doing coke waiting for Lana. Uh, there's just something about it it's, for me. It's fine. I do yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, how about how bad Jason be stinking? Not bad at all. Yeah, because it's a just a man. man. He's yeah. a normal man. So, see, this is a fun question. Or. Because it changes a lot. Or Jason stink worse than ever because he did. <laughs> Roy smell fine. Uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, what's your favorite scare in this one? Um, for me, I probably have to say that it's the uh, 
that it's the uh, the shears and the eyes. I know that's kind of cheating because it's technically a kill, but those are kind of intended to be in, scary. In these movies, yeah, nothing's yeah. really scaring me in yeah. these movies. But yeah, I think that's another thing to mention. I think that we're already like, okay, so five is the first one that, in my opinion, is no longer even necessarily trying to be scary. Yeah. Right? Like the first four are, you know, trying to get some spooks. This one, I think it's more so vibes. Like from here on out, it's kind of yeah. vibes. Um, it's weird, schlocky, B-movie vibes is kind of okay. what they're going for. So you know? if we're making it, let's make it favorite scare slash kill. Sure, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say... Cut this in between you and me. It's Son of Roy. <laughs> Getting murdered? Yeah. Why cut it? I'm gonna that's, say, a, that's a good scare. I'm going to say Son of Roy because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, Getting no, it really is abrupt. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that, like... Because it's a real crime. Yeah. It doesn't feel like any of the slasher stuff. Yeah. Just a real murder yeah. happens at the beginning of this movie. And that's one of the things, you know, I I, I, uh, I instructed you to do a little bit of research before we started watching these movies. Yeah. And that's the one thing I shot myself in the foot over. I was like, fuck. I should have waited a little bit. Like, well, because, yeah, the whole... The, the Roy stars over a candy bar. Yeah. And that... I remembered it as soon as that happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, right. But even the Roy thing, because I, I really did want to see oh, how I knew Ray... about, I knew about Roy before we even okay. started talking about watching okay. these movies. Yeah. But I, I really would like to one day see... I don't think it's going to go over well. I'm just curious to see someone who doesn't know that, how they react. Like, yeah. if it's like a, what the fuck? Or if it's like a... Maybe there is a little bit of like, oh, wait, that guy? Like, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. Also, I forgot to bring up, there's a scene that if I had not known about Roy would have perplexed me to no end until, I guess, the end of this movie. Oh, you talked about but when the cop yes, is like, ah, was, 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 uh, and Roy's like, huh, you talking to me? And he's like, what, Roy? No, Roy, I wasn't talking to you, Roy. Yeah, like, they're looking at the dead the dead bikers, or the dead greasers. And he goes, oh, blah, blah, And Roy goes, what, was that, sir, you talking to me? He goes, what, Roy? And he goes, oh, were you talking to me? And he goes, no, Roy, I wasn't talking to you. He goes, oh. Sorry, sir, if I thought you were talking to me. And then the <laughs> scene like just continues. Be too, exactly, yeah. And that's why I love this movie. Um, so, yeah, best scene, worst scene. Best scene, mayor scene. Worst scene. Um, I'll throw you a bone if you'd like. I'm, Tommy Jarvis ending. Uh, Tommy Jarvis ending, or whether at dinner or right before uh, Tommy Jarvis beats that guy up. Oh, and just there, the, you her. sit too many plates, yeah. and they're arguing about it, and the counselor comes in and goes, "What is going on here? Like, yeah. it's just delivery is weird, and just yeah. I don't like that scene at all." Yeah, I guess I would probably. This feels so cheap, but yeah, one of the things that's really coming to mind right now, I guess, is probably yeah, the neon sign thing. The okay. forty-five seconds where he just Great. stares at the yeah. neon sign. Very odd. Uh, least favorite, definitely Tommy Jarvis at the end. Yeah, that sucks. Um, honorable mention, pretty much anytime Reggie's on screen. Yep, Reggie. absolutely, Reggie's absolutely. Um, and that wraps up part five. We've put it to bed. Great, glad. We threw a chain around its neck. Threw it at the bottom of the river. Put it, yep, put it at the bottom of the river. Or the lake, sorry. Yeah, um, you know, you know, river, uh, camp, river, crystal lake. And then right afterwards, we watched what six. Is it? Camp. Camp Crystal River. That's yeah. That would be it. Camp Crystal River. Uh, we watched six. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to do the letter? Or do you want to talk about how we watched it first? We'll do the letter. Well, first. Well, we do can talk about first. how we watched it, real quick. Yeah, you're always going on about how this movie can be watched in black and white. And yes. So we spent. I said as soon we watched these back to back. Yes, we did. Yeah. So I was like, hey, if we start this six right yeah. now, I can be in bed by twelve. It'll be great. Yeah. 
And then it took us about 30 minutes to figure out how to watch this movie in black and white. Yeah. And I fell asleep at the end of this movie. Yeah. But anyways, yes, uh, I think that lends into my history with this movie, um, which is just that, yeah, that's this one has always been a favorite of mine. Um, it's the only one I've made Alicia, my partner, watch. Um, I've just seen it a lot of times. I love this one. Um, one of the things that I've heard about this film... Um, is that for me? Uh, I, I want to tell you about it later. Don't let me forget. Oh, okay. Um, Tom McLaughlin? 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 It's like McLaughlin? Nick... L it's M C L O U G H L I N. I think it's McLaughlin. 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 You think there's a K in there? Uh, that's how like Kyle does it. McLaughlin. That's how our boy, our friend Kyle. Okay. I call him by first name. I'm gonna just cut that a little bit out, whatever. But yeah, what I've you, yeah, a big part of my history with this movie is knowing that Tyle, Tyle, <laughs> Tyle McLaughlin. <laughs> Well, a big part of my history with this movie is knowing that Tom McLaughlin, or however the fuck you say his last name, uh, big um, classic horror movie fan. And yes, I, I, I don't know exactly where I've heard it. I've heard multiple people say it, but just that he wanted this to be a movie you could watch in black and white. And I've always been interested in doing it. And as you alluded to, um, I, I offered it up as like, well, would you be interested in doing that? And yes, it was a situation. Well, I jumped at it. Yeah, it was a situation. Um, I will say that's the only way that I've seen Mad Max, uh, Fury Road. I've never seen Fury Road in color. I will say that's the one exception. What? That's ex that's even where those movies where George Miller, director, goes, this is the definitive way to watch this movie. It's better in color. Yeah. Every <laughs> every other th thing I've seen where it's like, hey, yeah. you should watch this in black and white. I'm always like, yeah, black and white is way better. It's such like yeah. a weird, shitty, film schooly kid thing I still have left yeah. over in me. I think black and white is the way a movie should be. But um, yeah. Except I, for the Fury Road. We'll tap into it in a second, but I think this movie really does benefit from being in black and white. It really does. But yeah, we spent a half hour, like it was a thing where we tried to take, make the TV black and white, uh, but there was still just a little dash of color in there. Then I tried to hook up my uh, phone to AirPlay, and I turned grayscale on, but when you AirPlay it, it still shows colors. So I was like, fuck. So then I tried to grayscale my laptop and plug it into the TV, but it was... Um, it's a laptop that's old enough it doesn't have an HDMI cable. So then eventually I dragged the Apple TV out of my room into here. I make it sound like it was so hard, but it, it was really easy. Um, and yeah, plugged that thing in and I was able to grayscale it and, and we finally watched it. Um, so this movie starts with, I mean, it's, I'm gonna almost go shot for shot. It starts off with a shot of the moon over the trees. Then the next shot is one of those shots where they like clearly have some kind of like light or floodlight on the lake and there's like trees and it's nighttime and there's just fog on top of the lake. Mm -hmm. Looks great. Beautiful. Um, next shot is a wild dog eating a dead carcass in the middle of the road, <laughs> which yeah. is great. So Love it. And then an old ass pickup truck start, starts barreling down the road. And I especially want to give a shout out to the way that Kyle McLaughlin, Tom McLaughlin <laughs> <laughs> shot all the fucking interior conversation in car shots because it's straight up like something out of Sin City like it definitely is trying to do like old school like movies from the 30s kinds of things like the angles yeah um, are always either A like slanted and including both of them or slanted and going back and forth from each of them kind of a thing um, and yeah Tommy's hanging out with his buddy and he's his new buddy. Tommy by the way new Tommy this one's Chad Tommy this mm -hmm. one's chiseled not body we never see body, but jawline face, he's handsome Squidward. And he is, by all accounts, 
a different character from the last movie yes. does not remember the last movie at all. Yes. It basically didn't happen. Yes. Absolutely. That's another thing uh, that I, I think ends up working pretty well, even... Um, or I guess even about this trilogy. This trilogy ends up reminding me again, as a whole three-piece, as a trilogy, of uh, old classic horror movies from the 30s because, yeah. you know, like Fra uh, Frankenstein, it does the same thing. Like, yeah. each movie is kind of continuing with the same characters, but there are huge liberties taken with the with the canon. But anyways, um, they're having a conversation about how he's like, you don't really want to go dig up Jason, do you? <laughs> Isn't it enough to know he's dead? And he's like, no, I got to make sure Jason's dead. Cut to shot of the cemetery. Great headstones everywhere, fog everywhere. They're wandering in. They've got a fucking lantern and they got like shovels and shit. You know, it looks like something again out of Frankenstein. They dig up Jason. Jason's just a pile of maggots, and um, Tommy goes ahead and stabs him in the in the chest a lot of times. It kind of reminds me of the ending of four because I think he's just stabbing him or whatever a couple of times. Then they go to get the gasoline because they're gonna burn him or whatever. But lightning strikes. <laughs> And another one of... Oh, yeah, because he stabs him with a post from the yeah. fence. Yeah. Um, so there's a big lightning conductor sticking out of Jason's <laughs> yeah. dead body. And uh, this is another thing I love uh, from the movie that reminds me of old monster movies is they have this special effect of just like little strands of electricity running through his body a little bit on the surface. I'm pretty sure what it is, I'm pretty sure, is they are literally hand-drawing that effect yeah. over every frame <laughs> of the movie. And it looks great. Yeah. God bless him. I mean, great. Like, air quotes, yeah. great. In my book, that's how I want that effect done, is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so Jason comes too. He is now officially zombie supernatural Jason. Uh, he's not wearing his mask yet. The, uh, Tommy, he has gotten the gasoline onto Jason, but in the first bit of comedy in this movie, as he's striking the match, it immediately starts pouring rain. Match doesn't work. I like this shot because as it's raining, the worms and maggots are washing off and falling at his feet. Yeah. Um, that's good. They scuffle with Jason for a while. He kills Tommy's friend and then dons the mask, turns around. How do you feel about the James Bond parody that happens? Um, in black and white, I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. But I've seen it elsewhere. Yeah. I don't like it. No. I don't get it. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. James Bond real big in 1989 or whenever this Maybe. movie came out in. Maybe. I, I mean, I know he's... 86. I mean, he's always been big. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think that was like the bad era of James Bond. Yeah. Like Thunderball and stuff like that. All I know is... uh Tom, Thunderball. Tom McLaughlin. <laughs> What's the moon one? Moonraker. Tom McLaughlin that just asked the producers, he was like, hey, can I make this one funny? And they're like, yeah, sure, as long as you don't make a joke out of Jason. Remember we talked very seriously for a while about watching all the James Bond movies? Yeah, my dad just sent me a text, uh, like, yesterday, I think, saying that all of the James Bond films are coming to Amazon Prime on October 5th. Oh, fuck yeah. Sorry, sorry about the language. Oh, heck yeah. Um, that's very exciting because I was going to say, that's a great... We got November wide open. Yeah. No time for... It doesn't say like something like no time for love. Is that Indiana Jones? No tomorrow, maybe? maybe so. No time to die is the newest No time to die? Movie, yeah. No time to... No one says it, but it's the name of the newest yeah. movie. No time to die? Yeah. Like no time to bond November free. or something? Something like that. Well, I mean, we'll workshop it. But. Um, okay. Yeah. We call it from Russia with soup. We call it soup struck. Moo. Octo soupy. 
um, Dr. Soup, Gold Soup, Soup Finger, Quantum of Soupless. So uh, Tommy flees to the Casino sheriff. Casino Soup Ale. To the sheriff's office, and we find out that the Sumpter. That it's been renamed Forest Green to try to forget yeah. the past and stuff. He tries to tell the sheriff, like, hey, Tommy, not Tommy, Jason is alive, and the sheriff wants none of it. <laughs> none of it, yeah. He yeah. does not want any of it. Um, He's like, all right, aren't you from that mental institution, Tommy Jarvis? Yeah, yes. Um, I don't remember how that entirely resolves offhand in that scene specifically. I don't think he, like, arrests him or anything like that. I think he just tells him to hit the road. Right? Yeah. But I do know that the next scene is like a comical over the top like scene where like a boyfriend, girlfriend who are supposed to be counselors that are going to be working at the new, you know, camp that's opening up get stuck in some mud and Jason shows up and kills both of them. A um, couple of things to note. One, there's a bit of a humor in there when she's like, uh, we got to go. And he's like, why? And he's, she's like, oh, well, no reason. I just have seen enough horror movies that, the, that whenever you see a guy in a mask, it's, it's kind of time to go or whatever. And then they get stuck in the mud. The other thing I want to mention is there's a point where he stabs into the car to try to kill her, and it's such a beautiful cinematic shot of, like, you get the entire windshield, and then he smashes it, and it's like sugar glass, so it just shatters yeah. in, like, such a great way, and he's just standing there, like, looks like a monster. It looks like a movie yeah. monster from the 30s. It's a great shot. He looks so good at black and white. Yeah, There's There are so many scenes in this where just, like, just light is just perfectly across like the top half of him mm -hmm. like or backlit from him where he just the 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 lighting on him in black and white makes him look so imposing and big but also like shadowy shadowy and uh monster-esque it's just it's great yeah i think the next thing that happens is tommy's back at the station and megan who is the sheriff's daughter's there with her friends and uh, he's trying to, like, warn him. And there's, you know, like, the one guy with headphones that's, like, sitting on the desk. I like this guy. Yeah. And the sheriff's like, hey, get down. He's like, oh, hey, sorry, man. Sorry, you know. Um, and he's he's like, Jason's here. Yeah, and his, and his dad's, dad's like, still like, I'm having none of this. <laughs> don't listen to this guy. He's from an insane asylum. Yeah. And he just came here spitting all this stuff. And yeah. Megan's like, dad, I'm going to fuck this guy. I'm going to have <laughs> yeah. sex with this crazy man. Yeah. Already, I really do like the idea that this one finally has a plot i think that elevates it out of the slasher genre and into like again like a classic horror type deal right like because tommy jarvis at this point is kind of like loomis yeah. he's running around telling the cops hey michael is back and the cops kind of don't want anything to do with it they kind of i stabbed him six times yeah <laughs> Um, then we hard cut to the only scene where Jason is uh, played by not the actor who plays him in the oh, rest of the Oh, right. Movie. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. So in the uh, movie, uh, Jason Voorhees apparently is played by a guy named CJ Graham. Um, there is a guy named Dan Bradley who is uncredited but played Jason for this paintball scene. The reason why he got fired was because they hired him. And then when they went to shoot this scene, it was the first scene they shot, he apparently had put on weight <laughs> between being cast and shooting. And that legitimately what happened was the people making the movie were like, uh, Jason can't be overweight. We, we need another, we need another Jason. Yeah. Yeah. 
The only boobs you see in this movie are his in this scene. It's wild. <laughs> but anyways, this is the another little bit of, you know, comedy. Uh, you know, you got characters running around. It's a corporate retreat. They're all executives, and they're doing paintball and stuff. And, you know, you've got a couple of guys... Uh, who basically get beat by their female executive uh, peer, and there's one guy who's like insanely over the top misogynist about how like that dumb bitch got me, and she's just stayed in the kitchen and stuff. And then you have the one guy who kind of reminds me of the stapler guy from the Office Space. He's got like goggles over his glasses and he's running around commando style, yeah. like leaning on branches, and then they break and then he tries to put it back and it breaks into three pieces. You know, very slapsticky this scene is. And uh, Jason throws the misogynist guy at the tree, and he gets impaled on a limb, and also his face blood splatters on a smiley face someone's carved into it. And uh, Jason gets the triple kill with the one slash. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about this scene? It's fine. Yeah, this one might be my pick for the worst. I'm just going to get that out there. Not that it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just the weakest part of this whole movie for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like it might be a better movie without this three minutes. Yeah, they do a lot to set up these characters and their backstory for them to yeah. all die immediately. Yeah, they do. But anyways, once we finish up the corporate... Oh, wait, hang on a second. You know what I just realized? I never read this letter. Yeah, I thought about it, but... It... <laughs> well, we're reading it right now. Friday the 13th, Part 6. No, seriously... I won't write any more of these if we continue to have an active Facebook page. This one is cool in black and white. Six out of ten. Less than five? Yeah. Wow. I guess so. I guess whoever wrote that doesn't like Facebook or this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. But anyways. Um, That's why because I, I, it was cut this. It was mean. It was a mean letter. So I was like, man, maybe it's for the best that he doesn't read it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess something else that should be mentioned is that it's the misogynist guy who has the machete, so that's how he gets the machete. He rips ah, that dude's yes. whole arm off. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, back at the camp, the kids arrive. Um, there's a nice gag there or whatever where, like, they're talking about Jason, and, like, the one girl goes, like, I can think of one thing scarier. And everybody's like, what? And then the bus full of kids pull up, and that's, you know, a mm -hmm. gag. He's got a couple did of we, gags in it. Did we see the 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 groundskeeper yet yes because he has yes we've seen him already but we didn't mention it because he basically is the one who shows up the night after they dig up jason and yes. reburies him real quick because he breaks the fourth wall looks at the camera and says some people have a sick sense of entertainment or yeah whatever. and he's yeah. like i'm gonna get i'm not getting fired for this shit yeah. i'm filling this hole body's still in the casket yeah. doesn't know it's the friend's body yeah this guy reminds me yeah because he lays like a boot sticking on he's like oh didn't you put the body back right fuck that i ain't getting in there yeah and then tommy oops, i might be skipping ahead but and then tommy jarvis comes here uh, after I think that's what happens uh, in the scene where we weren't really sure how it resolves uh, where Megan's there I think he might convince him to drive up there mm. or something mm -mm. or maybe later they chase mm -mm. this is before Megan I believe he goes alright Tommy Jarvis you're going back yeah Instead of me taking you there. He, yeah, he's oh, like... Oh, yeah, he follows him out of town. Yeah, he was like, yeah. I was going to have someone pick you up, but no, I'm making you get out of here by... I'm taking you out of here. And by yeah. that, he means, I'm going to follow you in my truck. Yeah. And Tommy makes a run for it to the cemetery. Right. And when they get there, yeah, egg on his face because the caretaker's already buried him. Caretaker gives me big... Uh, this is like a Stephen King side character, for sure. Stephen King loves having... <laughs> Absolutely, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so the kids have shown up. And I love it. It's a fun little cut. Where the, the, the groundskeeper goes, ha, what does he think? I'm a doo-doo head or yeah, whatever he says. Yeah. And then it hard, hard cuts to the, the kids, kids going, going, yeah. Yes. 
Um, but anyways, in response to the grave situation, Tommy gets handcuffed um, and, yeah, escorted out of town for real and told never to return. Um, then we cut to the caretaker getting murdered. He's walking around calling his bottle of liquor Patricia or something like that. <laughs> and he's uh, getting hammered and, and Jason's... Do you think he names every new bottle he gets? Hey. Or are they all Patricia? Hey, maybe it's like, uh, you know... Maybe it's like a little like Diane situation, you know? Yeah, but Diane's a real person. I know, I know, I know. But you at least don't know that in the, like, the original Twin Peaks kind of thing. He just keeps calling this, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That kind of a thing. So yeah, what I'm saying is maybe it is always Patricia. Um, Yes. So there is also a couple in the woods who are doing like a picnic just so they can bang for a second. And the one guy wanders off and bumps into Jason. Then he runs back and he's like, we got to get out of here. And she's like, what? Why? And he's like, because of that. And Jason's right there. Another scene that just feels right out of a 1950s B movie. <laughs> like just yeah. a couple, just a man and a woman in a dress sitting on a, you know, picnic blanket. Like this one is very like conservative comparatively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of like. Uh, not that I really think this one has Twin Peaks vibes, but like in that Twin Peaksy way, like just that slice of Americana, like classic man woman picnic blanket. You know what's gonna go down, like that kind of a thing. Yeah, they're. Yeah, I feel like they're out here doing this picnic because the malt shop was closed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also then get the RV scene with your your man, the uh, the uh, MP3 player headset. Guy, oh, MP3 yep, yep, players yep, didn't yep, exist yep, 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 yep. They're having the sex guy. in a RV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You gave me that fun fact. Which was? She's wearing a shirt oh, right. while they're having sex. Yeah. Because they forgot to write nudity into the contract yeah, and, and she when signed they got it. There, yeah, when they got there, they're like, oh, you're supposed to be naked. And she's like, you know what? No. No. And I'm like, good for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Um, basically, what happens is. Uh, she realizes the RV's been unplugged, and she's like, hey, Court, go take care of that. And he's like, what? Fuck that. It's cold out there. She's like, it's cold in here. Go plug it back in. He's like, well, who unplugged it? And he's like, she's like, it doesn't matter. Go plug it in. So they do, but then I think they see Jason, and he's like, oh, fuck, got to get out of here, whatever. And he's like, starts to turn over the car, and I love that he's like, this can't be happening, or whatever. And she's like, you're right. And he like, she like flicks the switch that like turns it back into yeah. being a car and not yeah. just a stationary house, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, baby. And they get going. But what they don't know is that Jason is actually on board. And he kills her in well, the shitter. I wrote it down because he can't hear her dying in the shitter because he's got music blaring. And he's driving this house. He says something like, I've never driven a house before. This handles really well. Yeah. And he, what does he say? Um, he's driving. And he goes verbatim he goes huh this is great i'm having such a good time <laughs> also something something else we forgot yeah they're trying to when they're uh, at the graveyard with tommy jarvis yeah tommy jarvis is like trying to wrestle out of there or whatever and the sheriff's like deputy pulls out a gun with the biggest oh, laser yeah. sight you've ever seen and you yeah. remember what he says yes oh yeah i do he's Where? like wherever the red dot goes you bang it's great. Yeah, it is pretty good. We got two in one night. We got crap your ass, crap yeah. my ass, and wherever the red dot goes, you bang. <laughs> but anyways, um, <clears throat> Jason ends up killing Court as well and flipping this whole fucking thing, and then you get another very iconic shot. Not necessarily my favorite shot of Jason, but the RV's flipped over and smoking, and he's standing on top of it like some kind of monster on the loose. Anyways, um... 
The sheriff learns about this while in the presence of Megan and John, Tommy. I almost said Johnny. That's very funny. And uh, he basically is like, lock this kid up. He did it. And Megan's like, no, what time did this happen? She's like, I don't know. He's like, 8, uh, 39. And she's like, dad, Tommy was with me the whole time. He's like, I don't care. Get in that jail cell. And he's like, I got to go off and do some police work. Right? Um, he's like, I don't care. If I put him in a jail cell, he can't have sex with you. So Yeah. Um, I think Jason kills a couple of people back at the cabin. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, at this point, I'm dead asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I'll do the heavy lifting. Uh, what happens is uh, back at the jail cell, basically, the most important thing is that uh, Megan uses a sketch pad that she's writing on to like show a message to Tommy with a plan on it presumably because the audience can't see it and they act out this little scene together I love their chemistry they're very good together um he goes like hey what are you drawing over there and she's like what's it to you kind of a thing and he's like you know nothing or whatever I just want to see it or whatever she shows him and he's like oh that's a piece of shit or whatever she's like hey that's kind of a dick thing to say or whatever and then uh I think she like ends up like dropping the pad and he like grabs it real quick and she's like hey come on give that back and he's like no I'm giving that shit back or whatever and so the I'm Tommy Jarvis yeah the deputy gets involved and he's like hey scumbag give it back kind of a thing but he doesn't stand up just yet and she goes over there to try to grab it and he grabs her and then she kisses him and at first he's like startled because she's like really kissing him but then he kind of gets into it a little bit and then the deputy's like hey 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 what is this hands off or Jarvis what the fuck is this you know then they yeah they basically like Tommy grabs onto him she grabs the gun right and she's pointing at him and he's like let him out of the jail cell and also you get into the jail cell and she's like what are you doing whatever and uh, she says something about him having a funny red nose because of the laser scope and uh, Tommy says um, hey don't you remember wherever the rock go, or red dot goes ya bang does whatever. he say it again yeah he does oh hell yeah yeah he says it back to him and uh, so they put him in the jail cell they're on the loose now and she's like, hey, I want to go with you. And he's like, no go, sister. But they do go together. They go to Home Depot or whatever to get a big old chain because he's got a plan. Because I forgot there is a shot earlier where he's doing research. He's just sitting in his truck cracking open a 400-page book called, like, Occultism. (laughs) (laughs) So no way he finished it. Definitely skimmed it. (laughs) But um, anyways. um, He's like, I'm going to get a bunch of these chains. I'm going to make a big net. (laughs) Yeah. I think what's going on is that the sheriff has gone to Camp Crystal Lake uh, or for Camp Forest Green or whatever now because of like something's going on over there that's been reported or whatever. Anyways, he gets there. Um, I think his deputy might get there first. And he, a couple of the deputies, like one of them finds the little girl who has like a speaking role. Like she says like, oh, I saw a horrible monster earlier in the movie. She's also the one that has like I remember this Jean-Paul yeah. Sartre or yeah, like yeah. laying on her stomach, no exit. Um, but anyways, he bumps into her and he, she's like, there's a boogeyman out there. And he's like, yeah, what do you mean a boogeyman? There's no boogeyman. And she's like, then what's that? And he's right there and kills him. Doesn't she at one point go, I found this outside. And oh, it's just a yeah. big machete. It is a big machete. Yes. To one of the counselors. There's another guy who gets murdered by Jason just straight up throwing a knife into his head, which is something that's a big part of the Friday the 13th video game. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the sheriff finally gets there. He doesn't necessarily know about the murders of his deputies or the other people entirely. I think he finds a big room covered in blood, which a couple of people have seen now. But he immediately rushes over to the girls' cabins, cabin, and it's one of my favorite shots. He tells them, like, come on, we're going to go over here, whatever, just say calm kind of a thing. But there's just this shot of, like, him single file, like, leaving the cabin and going into the woods with like all the kids following them and it's great it's great 
I also love like this is the first movie where like the kids are actually there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, these movies always end up taking place like, oh, we're going to open up this summer, bro. You know? But anyways, I really do think that this movie benefits from the kids being around. Like I said, like just even just that little interaction of the sheriff, um, like getting all the kids together and then putting them in the boys like uh, cabin or whatever and being like, all right, I guys, I want you guys to get low, get under the beds and just stay quiet. You know, you guys going to be fine. I'll be back in a second. You know, great. Love that stuff. Yeah. It adds a little bit of suspense to it. Anyway, what happens next? Okay. Um, we cut... while this is happening, I'm going honk shoe, honk shoe. <laughs> we cut to uh, T Jar. He is rolling a giant boulder. Megan comes up and is like, "Well, there's crazy stuff going on." He's like, "Megan, go be safe." And she's like, "I'll go be safe, T Jar." And he's setting up his whole boat with like the chain and the rock thing. And she runs off, but then he hears her scream. Ever he's like, "Megan, come back," or something like that. Whatever. I will say, uh, right about here, um, what ends up happening is he gets Jason to come towards him. He's like on this boat with the rock and the chain that he's going to put on Jason. Jason starts walking straight into the lake. Very unsettling. Very monstrous. And um, Tommy's just kind of waiting. And then he like pours a little bit of gasoline on top of like the, the water or whatever and lights it on fire. Um, stays lit for much longer than that would happen if it were even possible because it's a movie. But uh, he then like jumps out of the water or whatever. And he's like a little on fire. And this whole thing just has like big time you know universal monster oh, third yeah. act like Absolutely. everything's on fire and the monster and man are now duking it out kind of a thing like they're wrestling and shit he's trying to get that chain on jason's neck and he does and then he he doesn't actually have to get the boulder over i thought that was genius jason like kind of body slams the whole thing and breaks the thing so yeah. then the rock ends up pulling him down but he's still got t-jar and t-jar ends up kind of like drowning too i think uh but you know like not before what does she come by with the boat then and like cut up his face or yeah, she turns the boat on, I yeah. think. Yeah. He just keeps getting chewed up in the motor. Yeah. Because she has to, like, swim him back to shore and do CPR on him to bring him back to yep, life, which yep. again reminds me of the Universal Monster movies because that's the kind of thing that happens, like, with, like, Frankenstein. I don't know if you remember the ending, but, like, uh, they're fighting in the windmill and then he, yeah, like, no, gets thrown out and he Absolutely. hits the thing or whatever. And it's like, oh, that dude dead. But then it hard cuts to, like, him in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, same thing. Like, T Jar was definitely unconscious in the water long enough that he did. Uh huh. But in classic Universal Monster fashion. <laughs> He not dead. Um, and then under the water, I think the way that we uh, we end is just with some kind of like atmospheric shots of him, Jason, just kind of like floating with the, the chain around his neck and we see his eyes still open and then it's kind of over. In my opinion, finally breaking the Friday the 13th curse of not knowing how to end the fucking movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a great final shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's part six in a nutshell. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about, in my opinion, this is probably the best Friday the 13th in terms of, like, taking everything into consideration. Okay. Like, this is a pretty sound movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's sound. Um, I think... It has a plot, is what I'm saying. Vibe-wise, <laughs> yeah. which is what we've been grading a lot of this on. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But the rest of the movie, yeah, I, I'm pretty bored by. Okay, I love the opening. Yeah, and then I love the ending. Yeah, it, everything in the middle is just hogwash to me. <laughs> like I don't care about the sheriff or his daughter or yeah. really Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, or the kids or any of the counselors. I just don't fuck with a lot of this movie. Yeah, um, 
but it looks incredible. Yeah. Um, but besides that, also to be fair, I was I was fighting for my life to stay away for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I just like it because I'm a big fan of universal horror movies, oh, and yeah, this absolutely. is like beat for beat a universal horror movie. Yeah. Like this is what a horror. You know, and what I love about those movies is. is what I love about this movie. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, Jason has someone who is uh, aware that he's out there and uh, in a capable manner has a plan, has read up a little bit on the occult. Um, Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Overall, this one's probably also getting a B plus from me. I'm giving this one a C plus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tricky at this point, like. That's one of the tough things about the series is, like, obviously there's something in there in each one of them. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's more than, like, five to ten minutes of each of these. Is there something worthwhile? But, like, I mean, you know, we're six deep. I mean, at this point, like, which one is the one that you say, like, oh, you know, this is what I would tell someone who's never seen a Friday the 13th movie they have to watch? Four. Four. Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But anyways, uh, let's talk about Jason's drip. You love this one. You love the yellow. Gloves. I think this is the best. You didn't get I to see the yellow gloves. Yeah, but I've seen them before. Yeah, uh, I think this is the best he's ever looked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of people get very uh, upset with the fact that he has a little utility belt. They say he looks a little too much like Batman. Yeah, fuck him. He looks great. I don't care. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I gotta say, this is. I think Jason looks good in this one. I think this is one of the better ones. But I still think three to four era is my personal favorite but i do like it in this one especially in black and white like he just looks like a universal monster yeah so it's really close to being being pretty good it's just i don't know there's something about three to four era like just bald head big hunchback <laughs> like yeah, i, I like yeah i like yeah uh vibes overall i think we've pretty much hammered that into the crowd oh they're so one. good they're so good yeah this one's a, a universal monster movie um overall ranking for you we're going to put this one above three. Above three. Put it above two. Okay, so Nick's new ranking is, ranking is five, four, six, two, three, one. And mine is six, five, four, three, two, one. Nice. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, favorite character. This one's very light on characters, I feel like. I mean, there are people here, but it's not as good as the other one where, like, everybody stands out as much. There are people who are genuinely just fodder. Like I said, like, that whole, yeah. like, paintball thing. Honestly, most of the counselors, like, I really don't care about the counselors. That's why I've been getting at. Um, Mine's Jason. But they're not, main, I mean, they're just not the main characters. The main characters are Tommy and, uh, and Megan, and like I said, like, they have a lot of um, decent interactions. Like, I like how, like, just, like, they haven't known each other, but they just gel. They get that plan going. It's good. There's some good stuff in there. They fill each other's gaps. She's got gaps. I got gaps. We yeah. fill gaps. But, yeah, favorite character if you had to pick one? Jason. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to say, yeah, I mean, that's fair. It probably... Because he's nothing, but yeah. people are bad in this. So Yeah. <laughs> it's either Jason or a headphones guy. I'm having a great time. Yeah. I probably... Yeah, I'm going to give honorable mention to Court. Um, but I genuinely like Megan in this one. I'll probably okay. say Megan. Um, how bad Jason be stankin'? Uh, the worst. Yeah, this is a zombie. Because he's a reanimated point. corpse. Yeah. He's a reanimated corpse. He got that yeah. rot. He does have that rot. Which raises another question. Do you think you smell Jason before you hurt him? Hmm. He's coming up on you? Oh, for sure. Okay. Favorite scare? Favorite scare... 
Um, oh, this is an opportunity for me to talk about something I, I didn't mention. There's a lot of shots like this throughout the movie um, that just like lend credence to the uh, the Universal Monster thing I was talking about and you've been talking about. But uh, there's like a scene where one of the camp counselors puts the little girl to bed and she's walking, but Jason's in the window like just behind her walking along with him. That's I don't, a good remember, one. I didn't, I don't think I caught it's a that. Great shot. Yeah. Yeah. Tim coming out of the grave. It's fun. Yeah. That's mine. Okay. I'm going to say favorite scare. It's going to be a tie between that shot where she's slowly walking from like bed to bed, just turning her head, looking to make sure everybody's in bed, and then just behind her, like just above her head, you can see him walking outside. Um, and the other one that I'm putting right next to it is, like I said, that shot of him breaking the windshield and just yeah, being that's right there. It's yeah. really good. Um, best scene, worst scene. I've already let the cat out of the bag in the worst scene. I don't really think the paintball thing needs to be in there. Best scene? I mean, yeah, probably that third act. This is probably the best third act for Jason um, so far, uh, I think. I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly on both. Yeah. And I think that <coughs> pretty much... <coughs> you know, it's a kid when you're, like, coughing and your parents think you're choking and people say you put your hands in the air. Yeah, why? Does that do anything? I don't know. Oh. I know in cartoons when they put their finger right underneath your nose right here to Can not sneeze. Yeah. It works. Yeah. You press up on that bone as hard as you can and you won't sneeze. So there you go. Speaking of scary movies. Yeah. So I think that's that. Mattress Man. If you need more soup, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 